Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam. This is the Adamons Podcast. And today we have Zach from Hardpack Magazine, which is a brand new magazine, thinking about things, printing things, and chasing stories that are entirely different than what everybody else is. I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about the product, and I'm excited for you people to get your hands on it. Um, you can go, I'll put the link in the show notes and stuff, but check out Hardpack on Instagram um, and all the links that you need will be there as well. Obviously we'll be posting it all week. Um, so feel free to peruse what they've got and definitely make sure that you get yourself a copy. Um, it's really interesting to hear people that are not necessarily in the industry, but in the industry adjacent uh, go and make a product like this because it creates a totally different lens for people that were maybe looking for fresh and new and exciting. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, once again, Harpin is, uh, is this the spot to go get yourself a new mag uh, that you might really love. Uh, before we jump in, a couple things, uh, giveaway week starts this week. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff to give away, including skis, uh, socks, layers, I mean, there is like an un, there's 12 days straight of giveaways starting on Wednesday, I think. So uh, keep an eye out for that stuff. It's very exciting to be doing this again. I think we're in uh, we're in good shape, and you guys are in good shape to get some free stuff. We also have a couple of partners for today that we should talk about, including skins. If you're looking for the best skin possible, not like skin on your body, like skin to go uphill, this is the best there's like it's the gold standard it has been for a very long time and it will continue to be you can go to pomoca p-o-m-o-c-a.com and uh, right at the homepage, they have an ability to uh, you can basically just go in there find your skin they have a nice guide um, as well as tracking them and showing them there's like there's so many options here it is insane um, for people that are curious all of my i've been running the free 2.0 for a long time now it's the lightest skin it is super glidey good um, and it's really easy to roll up and stick in your pack in a hurry and it works great for those heavier setups those those bigger skis even if it's a lighter weight wider ski like these have been these have been awesome they've been my go-to um, and if you're just looking to get into it, get your first pair of skins. The Climb 2.0 is a great option as well. So be sure once again to check out pomoka.com and you can go to buy backslash skins if you want to go straight to the skin options. Or like I said, homepage has an option to help you find the skin that you want and that'll work for you best. We also have Aspen Snowmass. Aspen Snowmass is the best skiing experience on the planet. It is the most open terrain. There is like basically nobody in terms of the ratio of people to open terrain so go and ski snowmass this season you can travel in through most major hubs and it makes it really really easy uh, to get in and out of that place the aspen airport is like the smallest cutest thing in the entire world i i really love skiing there and i hope that you will get out there this year as as will i i mean i'm gonna get out there for sure so uh, Aspen Snowmass or GoSnowmass.com. Feel free to check out the stuff there. And if you guys have questions on any of that stuff, feel free to hit us up and we will uh, try to help you as best as we can. And without further ado, here's my friend and yours, Zach from Hardpack Magazine. Zach, tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we can take it from there. Cool. Um, yeah, my name is Zach Seeley. Um, I live in New York City. Um, I publish a ski magazine called Hardpack. 
Um, but I grew up in Salt Lake City. I grew up going to um, Alta the age of three, full family of like skiers, uh, and now have um, kind of committed to skiing a bunch on the East Coast as well. Um, but yeah, beyond doing work in this magazine, I do a lot of sort of consulting work for apparel brands, whether that be in the outdoor industry, the fashion industry. Um, so I keep busy. How did you get into the mag side of things? Because like I've said this before to someone else and to Cade probably very recently when he was talking about Ori, but what what made you want to get in? I mean, it seems like this is against the grain a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of consuming content and media. Um, I think it's an awesome thing. I think it's a great thing, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts as to why you felt like this was necessary. Yeah, I think there's like a few reasons, like on a very practical level, um, I was working at a brand and I was leading the marketing department there and we weren't, we were having some tough, tough time, just like trying to get traction with typical advertising. And I ended up launching a magazine for the business and that magazine like took off and just through the nature of that, I learned a bit about the, the, the business, like where to print, um, you know, how to put it together. Uh, when I was with the brand, we, we, we ended up doing about four issues. The, the magazine's called Sandwich Magazine. I was okay. working at a food brand. Still going. I still sit on as a contributing editor. Uh, but that experience, like, just gave me the sort of confidence of like, oh, like, I see how this can be done and I can see how this can be successful. I think on the, so that's like one side. On the other side, like on a personal side, um, I love skiing, like just always have. And I grew up reading Powder and, you know, grew up in with Outside Magazine, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And I think living in New York though, gave me a different perspective on the sport. I started skiing out East for the first time and it just it made me love the sport in an entirely new way and i had it sort of in my head that as the sort of rise of these new sort of print or niche media whether that be like you know these publications that might be about tennis or whatnot i thought there could be a nice like niche publication um about skiing um and then just on a very personal level i just really wanted to do something that I felt like was like creative and uncompromised and exciting for my own life. And, um, so there's kind of like three tiers of it. I think there's a space in the market, which we can talk about. I just wanted to do it. And then I had some experience. Hmm. What let's touch on that then real quick. What, what is the space in the market that you see that you guys are trying to fill? Yeah. Um, well, um, I'm not going to be overly scientific about it. I think this is just like a gut for me. Um, I, I mean, I fully believe that like there can exist like a ton of magazines about skiing. And I think maybe I was getting a little tired of how skiing was being depicted. Um, I love powder. I love like the next biggest line. I love I grew up watching Warren Miller films, but it also maybe kind of felt like that was becoming like ossified or there were publications that did that really, really well. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to maybe foreclose 
different sort of experiences or ideas with the sport. And so I think part of, part of, part of this is, you know, living in New York, I was starting to notice a lot of people like either wearing like lots of outdoor gear, or I was like meeting lots of people ski and I would take these bus rides up to Vermont with a bunch of New Yorkers and they had an entirely different experience of skiing. Hmm. So I think in some way, like, I just feel like that on like a gut level that there's like room for an entire new experience or depiction of how skiing is done. And if I can be like, maybe a little bit spicy or controversial, um, I think like there's kind of like two modes of it. And this is like very reductive, but on the one hand, I think you have like a sort of very bougie aesthetic, a pre-ski, you know, like your Aspens and, you know, stuff like that, or your Deer Valleys and from Utah. Mm -hmm. So you have that sort of side of the media. And then on the other side, I think you have like maybe more of like a mountain town, uh, you know, ski bum sort of vibe. And I just wanted to kind of like break through and be like a different sort of version of that. Um, and so it, it is like sort of maybe like a third way. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how this goes and I'm curious to see how it's been received and maybe you can tell me how it's been received so far, but it, yeah. I like, I like the vibe of it. I like it so far, at least from just online at what I can see until I get the physical mag in my hand. I like, I like the idea. And I told you, I talked to Gabe beforehand and he was like kind of describing it to me and I was like, okay, like this sounds like something that I'm into. Um, I also think that there's a lot of magazines out there right now that are just not doing a good job anymore. Like I think a lot of those mags mm -hmm. that you mentioned kind of gone off the deep end a little bit of the advertising aspect of it and losing the content part of it. Like, and I think we've, a lot of places have lost the plot a little bit on what a magazine yeah. be, especially in 2023. It's like, if you're going to go and buy a paper product, there needs to be some attachment to it on a personal level for you to pay for that because otherwise you can get a lot of stuff for free, right? It's like you have the internet, you have YouTube, you have websites, you have like all of these things are available. And yeah. I was just looking through free skier two days ago and I was like looking through and I'm like, this is a lot of ads. And then I went through and I counted every ad and it's 61 pages of ads out of a 140 page gear guide. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. And granted, like yeah. the content was at least pretty good. Like I felt like it was meaningful guide that they've mm -hmm. done in a while, but you're starting to see a lot of that stuff where it's just like, why pay for this? Somebody's paying you for it already. Like, why would I yeah. pay for it? So, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I think, um, um, to sort of build on that, um, we have no advertising. We will, we'll introduce it in in some upcoming issues in a very judicious manner. Um, but I, I totally agree. So like, you will never find a gear review in the magazine. Why? Because people do that really well. There's actually like really good places to go and do that. You will never have a resort ranking in the magazine. Why? Because that's easy to sort of access. We're, we're like interested in finding and publishing people that are kind of outside the ski industry, right? Mm -hmm. I. I, my, my team and I, we love skiing, but we have day jobs and we have, we do other things. We're designers, photographers, et cetera. And we've been sort of outside the industry and we love the sport and we have this 
hope or this idea that if we work with photographers that have maybe never shot ski before, you can begin to start to develop a new lens for the sport, a new way for it to be seen. And that would crack it open a bit for somebody that may, that may ski, but have never sort of considered it to buy a magazine or to get more obsessed with it. That's just like a crack in the door for them to like enter in um, and enjoy the, enjoy the, uh, the publication. The other reason like with like print is like we overinvest. It's like we have multiple paper stocks, we're doing multiple like inks, techniques, we're like overinvesting in the physical object to make it as like gorgeous and as pleasurable to like hold and tactile, et cetera. Um, but yeah. How how are you guys making money? I realize that's like a, a very like mm -hmm. on the nose but like there's no advertising at least at current moment, like what is the plan financially to keep this thing going for a long time? Yeah. So I kind of like just told myself um, for the first two issues, I'm going to self-fund it. And that's for a few reasons. Like number one is we didn't want to take on any money. Uh, we had some conversations early on with people that saw the opportunity, but we didn't want anyone else to like have a say in the creative process. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to put out two things that we felt like were creatively uncompromised. They were just like big sort of like statements, you know, hopefully would sort of create a before and after moment of the ski industry in some way. Um, so right now the magazine doesn't make money. It is not profitable. Yeah. Um, it's fully reader supported. Um, we do have a business plan. Um, and so, you know, going forward for issues three and, and beyond, um, there'll be a few things that happen. One, we are starting to engage brands and having deeper discussions with them. And it is not a model of like, put your ad in here. It is more a collaborative effort. Mm. I come from the advertising industry. I used to sit in the marketing meetings, you know, so I feel like I can also speak some of that language to be able to offer something that maybe is unique and bespoke and meaningful and community oriented. So there might be something like that. Um, and that way, the, the, the publication stays fresh and, you know, in, in engaging to readers. And then we will introduce um, subscriptions going forward. Okay. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. And Go ahead. No, no. And that's it. What have you learned so far, I guess, in the first couple issues from being in the ski space? Were there things that surprised you that you were like, I wasn't expecting this yeah. to be like this or that to be like that? Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is like very, very obvious and probably very naive of me. Um, but, you know, like we would like schedule, we had for our very first issue, um, we worked with this photographer named Alex Webb. Um, who is an incredible climber, alpinist, and he shoots for apparel brands and had never shot skiing before. And he had pitched us on this idea of shooting this skier in the country of Georgia, um, mm -hmm. in the Caucasus Mountains. Uh, and her name is Nada Japardzi, and she is she was the first female mountain rescuer uh, in the country of Georgia. And um, <clears throat> we're like, cool, let's do it. And we we had to reschedule that trip, I think, three times because there was like no snow, like at all. <laughs> like, so it was like late January, and they got their first snow, and we had to like just kind of like let's send them there. There won't be much snow. So yeah, the hardest thing is like I was like, you know, looking at like the average snowfall in the country of Georgia. I was like, oh yeah, we could definitely shoot this in December. Uh, definitely not the case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So I think I'm sort of, you know, we don't have like a bank of content uh, uh, with people. And there's another one. We had another story that was going to happen. And because of a, a natural disaster that happened, we had to cancel and pivot and shoot something entirely different. So I think it's just like the nature of, um, you know, the ski season, trying to capture content. Um, that sounds very like naive, but like I said, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're new to this. So uh, those are the sort of things that we're learning. So in this go around, um, we made sure to have like content kind of banked already um, mm. uh, for our next issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's like one of the hardest things about this industry, no matter what sector of it you're in is like, yeah, whether it's retail media, print mags, uh, all across the board, if there's not snow, things are not good. Like that's basically how it goes. And I think New England is a good place to be. It's because yeah. people are used to it being shitty. So like they yeah. can accept that. But I think globally, it's a little harder. I mean, you know, it's funny because it, it like fits it fits us because we decided to call the magazine hard pack. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it is like a both, both an homage to powder, right. Uh, the, the magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also a provocation to the industry, right. That we overemphasize, I think like one type of skiing too much. Like, sure. look, I love, I love skiing powder. Like my ideal day is like waking up on like a Wednesday and, you know, it snowed, you know, a foot or over a foot and going up to Snowbird or Alta. Like I love it, but I live in New York city. I don't get that. I plan my ski trips way in advance. The majority <laughs> of the time I'm skiing, it is like rock hard, you know, hard pack. I'm skiing like icy conditions or, you know, rainy conditions, um, in the, in the Northeast. And I was just like, there's just so much more to scheme that is like possible. So like, that's the inspiration for the name that if you were to sort of like focus on other aspects of the sport and not this one sort of specific, like awesome experience, you would have the privilege and the opportunity to document a photo story in Georgia where there was like two inches of snow. Yeah. It, do it doesn't matter because that is the story we're trying to tell. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it, it it's true. Like there's way more to skiing. Otherwise, no one in New England would bother, right? Like they would just yeah. one or two days a year that we actually get good snow. I think those days are better here because you have yeah. to hunt for them and because they come. It's like, and that's why here, especially you get that full on powder panic, like where everybody loses their shit and like drops their entire life to go skiing. And yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good thing, but obviously like, no one ever is going to complain about more snow except maybe utah last year like no one's really going to be complaining about too much snow but mm -hmm. the mindset here is very different than it is in other parts of the country which is actually one of the reasons why i was intrigued about this because the magazine like the name of the mag like full-on speaks to that right away yep yeah exactly and i think i remember like <clears throat> trying to come up and brainstorm with you know, some ideas around the name. And I was just like writing different things for snow. And I was just reminded of like one of the, like, I, I, I had this experience skiing at, at Killington maybe two and a half years ago or two years ago. And it was early season. And I like took a bus up from New York. You know, there's that company Override that does yeah. those bus trips. And I, you, you can't plan for what the conditions are. You buy in advance, you just get up, you're with a bunch of other people at two in the morning, like getting picked up, you drive up. And I, I, 
it looked like there was going to be snow and it immediately turned to rain. Mm. But like literally no one was there. I like had like the time of my life and I was like, this, <laughs> this shit's like really fun. So yeah, like that is, that is like part of the, the nature of the name. Plus, you know, I don't know. It is just what people ski on. Yeah, no, for sure. People yeah. just do it like that is it's part of the culture here. Like it's one of the it yeah. honestly is one of the reasons that I don't think I will New England like I'm on the road all the time. But like, I don't think I'll actually leave this as a home base, even though it makes more sense, probably from a business standpoint to be somewhere out west. I just yeah. I like it. And I also like the fact that like, in places in New England, where like, people have skiing as a hobby, whether it's New York or Springfield, Massachusetts or wherever, the whole idea behind the experience is a little different because it's this activity that you go to do. Like it's not just a thing that's right there all the time. And I think that gives it a very different vibe and a very different feeling. And on a personal level, being separated from the little bit, like it's too much. And I'm sure you'll, if you haven't found it out already, you'll find it out sooner than later. It's like, this industry like sucks you in and like somehow your entire life becomes this, this sport. And then at a certain point, I was just talking to my girlfriend about this like last night and it was like a conversation where we're just like, look, I don't even, she's not in the ski industry at all. He's everyone, but it, it, I don't even like it half the time. Right? Like I don't like the industry. I like the days when I get to go and, and not have my phone on me and not have to think about content and not have to think about, brand recognition or this thing or that thing like if i get to go just ski for me which is pretty rare i have a great time and i remember that i really really enjoy it but you just get so many days where you're like my the hobby the passion that i had is now my job and you start to lose a little bit of that the passion aspect of it because you're like there's a lot riding on this all the time yeah yeah, I haven't hit that moment yet, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it will. But also, you know, like I've I've made a magazine that publishes twice a year, so I'm also off the whole content engine. I'm so we we've like yeah. gone the exact opposite of direction of like content creation. Yeah, yeah. How what is the plan like as far as like a social media push for you guys goes? Right, like is that stuff important to you? Is the social aspect? online important to you because i think you see mags take it a couple different ways right where they're like fuck about the internet you're never going to see an article from us posted online or they have way more instagram following and way more content getting pushed out than they ever do print it's like powder publishes like what one mag a year now maybe and like same thing with ski and but the content machine for them just rolls on every day yeah as of right now, there's no plan ever to publish an article online. Um, we like primarily just want to focus on putting out quality writing essays, criticism. The magazine is full of poetry, you know, literature, like, you know, essays, um, journalism, and we want to sort of keep it in the realm of print and, um, we will, we have, we treat Instagram like a way to sort of like tease out the mag. Um, yeah. and that's really it. And, you know, make sure that the photographers that we work with, um, we, you know, we're sharing the work that they've done, but not sharing all of it, you know, yeah. so that, that, that the real sort of experience is seen it in print. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. important. I, I think it, to me, 
and this is like my personal opinion, knock on any other ski mag. I think the most important thing magazine, I think it's really easy to get lost in the content cycle and not have to worry and, and look at it and go, which I'm sure the people at outside did when they were looking at like ski mag. Any one of the number of magazines that have gotten canceled or reduced from them. I'm sure they looked at it and they were like, we have all of this. We have all of this stuff going on. We have all of this content that is making us money every single day. We're engaging with the on the website. Like that's what they care about now. Ski mag isn't a mag anymore. Sweet Protection is a sponsor of the Out of Bounds podcast and you yourself some brand new Sweet Protection gear on their website right now. Um, even though it seems like at the time of this recording, their website, oh no, it's it's back up. I was like typing and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This doesn't work right now, but I lied. It works totally fine. It's just me and my computer. So I hope you guys check out some of this stuff. The Connor rig in the reflect is the one I've been running for the goggles. Like these things are incredible. They're very wide. It's a bigger cylindrical lens. It is awesome. Like, I I mean, in terms of not just the peripheral view that you get on a goggle like this, in terms of the clarity of vision you get, the stuff is incredible using their new rig system. This is about as clear of a lens as you could possibly hope for. So once again, check out sweetprotection.com. And obviously the protection is in the name. Um, They have all of the helmets you possibly could want in terms of getting yourself something that's going to keep you safe, safe as possible on the hill. For a long time now, I've been running the switcher. It's a super rad helmet. Very, very durable. MIPS included a bunch of different sizing options as well as colors. So be sure to go to sweep.com and check out a new lid and maybe some new goggles today. Yeah. And we're, I mean, you know, I think there's at least like a model out there that has been proven that people still want physical things. They still want to read longer form stuff. Um, The internet serves its purpose, you know, um, but you know, we're here to do something I think that is unique. Um, you know, we hope so. What, what brand, what is like the, the end goal, I guess, or is there an end goal for what you're doing with hard pack? Like what, where do you see this next five years? Or are you trying to not even look that far? I, Cause I think there's a couple people look at it. It's either like what we did when we started Like, I just was like, we're going to throw shit at a wall. And we're going to try to do things a little differently. And we're going to try to be honest about the kind of thing that we do. And if it works, if it doesn't, fine. You know, and I think that's that's one way other people have five years. We need to be at X. We need to sell this many magazines. We need to do this. Or maybe it's something more emotional, right? Like we want people to have this connection to them. Like, I, I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, um, I think like maybe on the higher sort of metaphysical or philosophical level, um, I think I would sort of be really, really happy if we were able to sort of reposition skiing for people that don't think about it too much. Um, Like, for example, like um, I like I know that like in the industry, there's a divide between like the, you know, free ride and the race scene. Yeah. you know, sort of size scheme. I like just don't have that sort of perspective. I look at like both sides being like, I think there's a lot of people out there that would love this sort of content, yeah. right? So 
that they could engage with ski racing in a way that they've never they've, they've never done, whether that be like people getting into the Tour de France recently or you know F1 racing, yeah. but also approaching free riding in an entirely different way. So I think if there's a way to sort of position reposition skiing for people that are maybe adjacent to the industry um, as something that is you know cool or inclusive or different or countercultural, I think we would feel like we have we've placed our mark on the industry. Hmm. Um, unlike the sort of tactical side, there's some really weird stuff that I would like to do. Like, um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so there's like two things in issue two of the magazine. Um, one is the a translation of this Italian architect, photographer, race car designer. He designed like a race car in the in the 50s um, that competed at Le Mans. Sick. He, yeah, so yeah, architect, photographer, but he was also an avid skier and he wrote a ski instruction book okay. in the 1950s. And it's only in Italian. And I got a copy of it and he drew like all the schematics of it, took all the photos and because he's like a fine artist, everything that is shot is just like gorgeous. So we translated the first chapter and put it into the magazine. Now, there's no reason why you need to read a ski instruction manual from the 1950s, unless you're just sort of like crazy like us. But I think like the read is like super interesting, but I would love to publish stuff like that that's never been like weird ski ephemera mm -hmm. and make gorgeous coffee table books from these artists and architects. And then there is a second, um, um, there's a second story. We had uh, this author named W. David Marks interviewed um, this illustrator and magazine um, kind of icon in Japan named Kobayashi, uh, who was one of the early like founders or architects of Popeye magazine, which is a really big deal. And he started in the 1980s two ski magazines, Ski Life and Skier. And he illustrated every single cover and they're just wild looking. I would love to collect all those, publish those, put those in like a, like a really nice book as like a hard pack press. Um, so there's like some other sort of things that we would like to do that are kind of just weird um, uh, pulling out of the industry that we go on these little rabbit holes around the history of it, things that aren't translated, things that aren't really known uh, here in the United States and bringing them here. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. I think it, this is, one of the things I've talked about a lot, I think, is the fact that skiing needs a different lens, like that needs, because there's such a big, that, like I work in the shop all the time, like I've worked in the shop yeah. since I was a kid. One yeah. of the things that you notice all the time is like, people don't know anything about skiing, but love skiing. They're not in the yeah. industry. They don't care about who a pro skier is. Like, even yeah. like we have employees at the shop that you could be like, name five pro skiers and they get like one. Like, it, it's yeah. just not the the disconnect there for some reason with the people that just have it as a passion and the people who are like in the industry is pretty huge. And I think there needs to be more of that where we're telling stories that people can actually like engage with as stories as opposed to engage with as like, here's this sick pow turn and like, there's the skier that right like I, I think there needs to be something more than that and it's not to say that there's not some of that stuff out there but i think it's a little more limited than it should be yeah yeah i think so um a hundred percent and i think we sort of view ourselves as a cross-disciplinary sort of team you know we work in 
it's like we want we we're like you know there's like um there's this idea that skiing is so unique that it's a yeah. world unto its own and that no one can understand it unless you do it right right and so i think we're interested in in what skiing has to say in conversation with other industries design fashion philosophy poetry literature architecture we're interested in like opening up that world and then having those dialogues with those other people and then publishing it under the rubric of a ski magazine. So mm. that way it is not just about the skier and the powder line and the big, you know, uh, ascent and descent, you know, something like that. Um, it is really about sort of the conversations that skiing has had, continues to have with other disciplines and then highlighting those in this magazine. It's really interesting. Like I, I, it's funny that other people like when I was skiing, when I started doing this, it was like, it me, the first thing that I thought of was like skiing isn't recognized like other sports. So I was looking at it like a sport lens almost where like yeah. you want to shine light on those people that normally get the headline, right? Like you see a LeBron James, like on every headline, every single day, it's like, we wanted to kind of create content where we're offering the same kind of experience and trying to tell stories from that kind of lens where it's like, it is very people focused, but it's also very personal and, and relating it almost to the sports world. And, and a lot of the stuff that like, whether it's Instagram content or articles or YouTube or what, or podcasts, like try to create that content a little bit more around like, how does this, how do other brands do it in some of the more major traditional sports, right? Like how can we pitch it? It's really cool to hear that you're kind of taking some of that influence and taking some of those people from the fashion industry and, and kind of opening it up to a different light a little bit. Yeah. One of my favorite um, pieces of issue too, is an interview with um, this, this uh, person named Keela Madigan and she um, I met her cause she came to the party for, for issue one or launch party. And she's kind of involved in like the downtown New York fashion scene, skateboard scene, you know, like streetwear, gorp core, that entire thing. And she told me her story. She's like, I'm obsessed with skiing. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I became a ski instructor. Like when I was there, I worked there. Like my parents didn't ski. And, you know, I go to New Jersey, like all the time to go ski at the, the mall, uh, you know, uh, yeah. big snow. Um, and she's just like, I've been looking for this like community of skiers, like, you know, ever since I moved to New York. And so we have an interview with her. She's not a known quantity in the ski industry, but she's known in the sort of downtown New York apparel fashion crowd. And we're sort of highlighting this other aspect of her that she felt like no one understood or no one got. Um, it's like one of the things that I feel like we, you know, we're sort of building towards is like, there is like a, there's like a community out there of people that are hungry for the sport, but are maybe just slightly outside of it that have a different perspective. And that is the voice that we're targeting and seeking. That's awesome. What? So one of the last things I want to ask you about, because it was actually really interesting when Cade texted me, it, but you mentioned inclusivity and you mentioned like kind of bringing in different people into the sport a little bit or into the mag or into the light. It, Cade was like, I've never heard so many people speaking different languages at a ski event in my entire life. Tuesday or whatever it was. 
So like, talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how are you doing that? What is, what does that look like? What, why is that happening in your mind? Because that, yeah. that's always been the biggest issue to me in the ski industry is like, it's a old white dude sport, right? Like that's the thing that it has been known for, for a very long time. And we're starting to see that change a little bit, but to hear him say that, I was like, oh, there's something here. Cool. I don't know why, um, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I can, I don't know, maybe I can try. I mean, I think maybe it's as simple as, as what we've been talking about is like, right. if you just look outside and look sort of on this, the side of the industry, you're going to find lots of different people. And I think maybe to our advantage, because we weren't connected to, I couldn't call up, you know, the skiers that I watch on YouTube, um, you know, to do an interview, I had to sort of look in other places. I think maybe by the nature of that, uh, that helped. Our team also, by the way, is like international. So we have team members in Berlin. We have team members in Paris. Um, you know, we work with photographers. We work with photographers from, um, you know, South Africa uh, for this issue. Um, that might be why um and then i should just sort of say like i think you know i have to give sort of uh my hat tip to the the design team or the creative team who are buddies of mine um uh, they run an agency called soon services and i think you know they just have good connections with photographers in a community that it feels fresh and fun and maybe maybe that's why there was a lot of languages uh, yeah. at the event so yeah. Yeah, it was just an interesting thing that he said to me. And I was like, okay, like, that sounds cool. Because you don't see that a lot here. And you definitely don't see that. Like, if you go to a ski test or a ski event or a ski park, I, yeah, there's a lot of copy paste. Like, there's a lot and not to say they don't have their own persona, their own thoughts and whatever. But it's like, you look around the room, and you're like, if these people all put like they're they're basically all wearing the same thing. They're doing the same thing. They look very similar. It's it's very. I don't know. It's it's jarring almost sometimes because like you look at it from the outside perspective and you're like, oh, I get it. Why people don't necessarily feel included in this industry? Like it's not a yeah. like. I mean, my dad is from Palestine, right? Like he started a ski shop in ninety four, nineteen ninety. Right. It was like the he's like the only guy that I know that is like an Arab running a ski shop for no reason other than he like came here and he was like, yeah, skiing's all right. Like skiing's fine. Let's do this. Like it's, it's a really, so it, it does give me a little bit of a different look at the industry. I've had that look at the industry for a long time because yeah. that's what I grew up in. It's like, it's not, it's not the norm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, what, what's the, is this, is it the ski shop you work at now? Is yeah. it the same yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, same shop. It, oh, cool. I want to visit. I would love to visit. Yeah. Come um, down where there's a shop at Mount Snow. There's one in West Springfield, Mass. West Springfield's like the original one. Like that's where yeah. it kind of all started. Yeah. It's a really, it's interesting. Like it's, he's a very, and he's a very interesting, loud, <laughs> personable character. He's, he's something else, but it's, yeah, it's, it's always kind of given me that that different look at things, I think, because you watch when I was growing up, you'd watch him like not 
not get brand lines in the shop because they didn't like him or where he came from and like directly telling him that like things like that. So it's like, just kind of hustle your way around it. He was like buying skis on like the gray market, like trying to get stuff directly from Europe. Like it was like crazy shit to the point where like sales reps were coming into the shop and being like, fuck my shit's already on the wall. Are you here getting a cut of it? Fucking fine. Like it's fine. Like, so it's just like, it's a very different, it gives you a different perspective, I think, on the industry and how things have been and, and also how they're yeah. changing, because I do think that kind of thing is getting better. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an expert in it, but I I, I mean, like, I think I, I am, I do try to, like, be very educated about the history of skiing. And yeah. I think I like to sort of, like, imagine um, these alternative histories that the sport could take or could have taken that would have made it less of that sort of old white dude sport. Um, but yeah, I think there's like a lot of sort of threads or turning points that the industry could have taken and didn't, but I think it is hopefully getting better. Um, Not yeah, I don't know. necessarily know what better means. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what good is, what bad is. Like I'm it's half the good, time I'm online thought. and I'm like, yeah, I'm like so confused all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what I think. I don't know what I agree with what I just, especially when you're on the internet and in the industry, it's like, you just get sucked into this fucking vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. What is, what is better? I don't know. Um, yeah. That's like the right maybe question to ask is what is better. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's weird. We have like, you know, we have people that buy the magazine that like in the Philippines, we have people, <laughs> awesome. like, we have like, we have like fans in, I know we, we have like some good shops to t that carry us in Korea. Um, uh, that's, it's done actually really well over there. Um, and then it does well, um, like in Europe, um, all over, you know, so you're no sort of typical sort of thing. Um, yeah what all right so the last thing i'll ask you about i guess is what what is your hope for this season right like what what do you hope somebody gets out of the mag what do you hope to see as far as a goal for you for the brand for this year mm, yeah um you know i think with issue two um i think I would love, I think part of it is like having a number of photographers reach out to us to want to shoot. So issue one did the same thing. So getting and growing our sort of community base of people that want to shoot for this in a unique way, um, you know, each issue will always feature people that are kind of like outside the industry uh, to do covers and stuff like that. So I think we're already getting that sort of feedback. So growing that, um, the, I mean, the, the photographer that we worked with, by the way, for issue two, who did two of our covers, Samuel Bradley, incredible photographer. Um, just, I can't believe we got him. He's such a big deal in the world of fashion. He, if you're a fan of um, the band, the 1975, yeah, he did all their music videos for the last album. And he did all of their like promo and album artwork. So to get him to do like the cover of the second issue of like a ski magazine, was such good validation. And I think getting that, so that's like one thing. And then I think like, I don't know. Um, I don't wanna be like vain and be like, oh, our numbers go up and all this sort of stuff. I think like, it's just been cool to have people reach out to me saying like, 
I would love to work for you guys. Like, I think just getting like people that get it and love it and, and, and reach out and continue to sort of like send us that sort of feedback. Um, I feel like it's going to help us know that we're on the right path. So, yeah. and making sure that we're reaching the right people. Um, but yeah, I yeah. don't know, kind of, it, I, I, I'm not the best business person. I'll just put it that way. I'm doing this like for passion and I'm sure there's a very good sort of business reason to do that or, you know, or the, there's like a good business response, but like, man, I just want to make really fun stuff. I want to make really cool things. Like that's like, that's like, I would just be stoked for. So, yeah, no. And I think that's the right answer, right? Like, I don't, I don't think that there's a number, especially like with this, with anything in media, it's really hard to go, like, especially in the beginning, it's hard to go, okay, here's the numbers that I want to hit. Like, and for what, like, I, I think the most important thing is getting people you and being like, okay, this is Right. Like, I think everybody needs that, especially early on, whether it's people you respect or people you've never heard of before. I think getting that from the outside is like the reason that people keep doing things. If you get like I, there was times for sure early on that I was like, OK, we got one person that said they liked this episode or this piece of content that we put out or whatever. And that was enough most of the time, because then you get an audience that's engaged long term because they're there with you in the beginning, right? And they start and then it grows from there. I think that's that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Man, last Adam. Last Go thing. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, last, last thing. I want uh, all the information for people. Like, where can people find people subscribe? Like, how do people actually get this thing in their hands? Yeah. Um, so there's two ways. Um, you can get it at, we have a list of stockists. So if you want to support a local bookstore um, and not get it shipped to you, uh, we have those on the website. So um, we have like kind of a heavy concentration in Europe, um, New York, um, some on the West Coast. Um, you can find them there. Um, but also if you go to hardpackmagazine.com, uh, we have them for sale. We have a few copies of issue one left. Um, and then we publish three covers and we're almost sold out of two of the covers. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going fast, but you can get them there. And then I'll just say one other thing is like, if there's a bookstore, um, or a magazine shop that people love. Tell them to send us a note at info at hardpackmagazine.com because um, we also just love supporting local bookstores. We think, you know, in the same way that, you know, they're supporting print media in a whole new way. So we want to make sure that we're giving them as much love as possible as well. So for sure. Yeah. And then follow Hardpack Magazine on Instagram as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time.